Six million people have watched the moment on TikTok when McKenna Myler ran the mile in five minutes and 25 seconds, 10 days before giving birth to her first child. That is faster than most of us will ever dream of running the mile. And she did it with a baby just about ready to come out into the world growing inside of her. But what people don't know is that for years, McKenna wondered why she had put so much time and effort into running. When that video went viral, it all started to make sense. McKenna Myler competed in track and field for BYU from 2011 to 2014. In June, just seven months after having her baby, she finished 14th in a field of 44 runners in the 10,000-meter run at the U.S. Olympic Track and Field Trials in Eugene, Oregon. Her recent success earned her a sponsorship from ASICS, making her a pro athlete. In this episode, you may hear McKenna's baby in the background a few times, but I feel like it makes this episode that much sweeter. This is All In, an LDS Living podcast where we ask the question, what does it really mean to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm Morgan Jones, and I am so excited to have McKenna Myler on the line with me today. McKenna, welcome. Thanks, Morgan. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Well, this is exciting because probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast uh, will, they may not recognize your name, but once we start talking about who you are and what you've done over the past year, I think a lot of people have heard about you. Um, (laughs) McKenna ran a five minute and 25 second mile 10 days before giving birth to her first child. Hats off to you. (laughs) (laughs) it's unbelievable um so my first question for you is have you always loved running or when did that love or passion for running start for you I think it naturally went up and down right when I was really young it really intrigued me I was kind of an odd child to want to go far distances someone who was a bit older than me asked me to go running four miles with them. They were actually in my ward. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go run four miles. <laughs> I've got four miles a day. I was maybe 10 years old. And my I was the I was the girl that was, you know, really excited to run the mile in PE. And I got excited because I don't know, it was just fun to push myself. High school rolled around and I thought I'd be a soccer player and the cross country coach pulled me in and was like, you are running varsity for us because we need more runners. And I ended up kind of going through that journey of like, ah, I don't really like this. This is hard and, and it's boring. And, you know, un, un, uh, coordinated people do running. <laughs> like, right. I never do this. And then I started to really love it. And I, I started to find kind of who I was with, with running and the journey just kept going from there. Yeah. Well, I think that's the cool thing about anybody, I think, that kind of persists in a sport. I think when it starts out initially, you know, the the reason may be kind of simple or childlike. And then as it progresses, the reason that somebody hangs in there with a sport is because it comes to mean something more to them. So for you today, why would you say that you run? What's your motivation? So, sorry, I do want to go back to that point you just made. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool that running is so similar to the gospel and that there's this simple baseline that's like super easy to get into. 
and it's very the the childlike part, you know, and it's very easy to understand. You just have some shoes and you go run out the door. But then once you start getting into it a little bit more and just like the gospel, you start understanding more like layer upon layer that it, it really gets more intricate and you understand yourself more as you get further into it, just like the gospel, like the closer you come to God, I think the, the more you're like understanding yourself. Yeah. Anyway, so I just thought that was cool. I love that. No, that's awesome. (laughs) But I guess what what is keeping me motivated now is I'm I'm sure I'll I'll mention this again because it's been a big part of my story. But I I really like the person that I am uh, when I'm running, and I like the the things I do, how in tune I have to be with my body, which is is really important to me. I'm really into listening to my body, whether that's rest or being able to push past, you know, hard, hard spots and eating right. That I think when your body and your mind kind of align, <laughs> it's, it's a really good feeling and running brings that out for me. And, and they, I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy the craft of it, the art of it and having to, you know, do those easy and hard days. And, and so I think that's, that's kind of what's keeping me motivated at the moment. I think that's awesome. And I understand that running is such a big part of your life. Well, first of all, I thought it was funny. I'm like, could she have a better last name? (laughs) And you married into this last name. So um, pretty remarkable. Your last name is Myler. And to celebrate your wedding day, you ran an all out mile day of your wedding. And so celebrating has kind of included running for you. Is that right? Yeah. You know, it kind of started because I thought we were thinking about like, what would happen at my funeral? Like, how would I want people to celebrate me? And this was honestly before I even knew I was going to become a miler. And I thought, I want people to be in pain and crying and running as hard as they can for my funeral. And so it kind of became this thing like, oh, it'd be so fun to do like an all-out mile at, at Markers. And when I became a miler, I was like, yeah, I should do an all-out mile the morning of my wedding. I think I would really enjoy that. Well, I think I think it's really good that we went ahead and got this on record so that, you know, 80 years from now, yeah. people can be like, oh, she did say that she wanted us to run for her funeral. True. Yeah, this is on record now. <laughs> so, so then you get married and then you get pregnant and you made a bet, I understand, with your husband that you would run and it wasn't, you were not going to run five minutes and 25 seconds. What was the original goal? Uh, the original goal was, well, I mean, I thought I could break seven minutes. Okay. I, I kind of did the math in my mind with like how much weight I should gain. And I was like, okay, I think, I think I could break seven minutes. And my husband was like, you're not breaking eight minutes. Like, I'll be taking you to the hospital. If you you break eight minutes, your water will break and yeah, you'll be gone. (laughs) So, so, so then you, you just decided to blow that out of the water and (laughs) ran five minutes, 25 seconds. 10 days before you had your baby. I understand, McKenna, that you got... Once this kind of went viral, you got a lot of feedback. 
And some of it was positive. Some of it was negative. There were a lot of people that were critical of you for doing this. But I also understand that you were very careful about your running regimen while pregnant. Is that right? Yes, for sure. I did. As soon as I got pregnant, I just started like researching all of the runners that had, you know, gotten pregnant and gone back to running. And I, you know, I was like, how much mileage were they doing? And, you know, were they swimming? Were they biking? Were, you know, were they doing just straight mileage? And I was really fortunate actually to be training with a group in Australia because that's where we were living at the time. And they had this coach who was married to a former Olympian. She's like, she's a gold medalist. Her name is Sonia. She's from Ireland. And he was like, she ran through her pregnancy and and this is what she did. And so I was really fortunate to be able to go off of that. And he was like, if you're doing workouts, like just switch it to, you know, 90 minute runs instead for your workouts. And sorry, when I refer to workouts, I mean like intervals. So we have mileage, which is like easy mileage. And then a workout would be when you're pushing hard. And so I knew I would continue doing um, mileage, but I just didn't know how intervals would, would play into it, especially because you're, you're gaining weight, your pelvis is shifting. And so your stride changes and, and a lot of people get injured when they try to continue to run. So I'm going on too long about this, but it, it, yeah, there is a lot of, of strength that I was focusing on, especially like in my hips and my back. Uh, to just make sure I was strong enough to handle the weight load. So I was very careful is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yes. About what I was doing. (laughs) And I think it is, it's so important to establish that up front. So then people know what we're going off of. But also, I, I understand that your husband had posted some videos early in your pregnancy that didn't have anything to do with your running that kind of went viral as well. And he kind of developed a little bit of a following. And the reason was it was focused on your emotions during pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) My hormones were fantastic. They took over for a bit. And yeah, so that, that was really entertaining that, you know, my husband just thought like, this would be so funny to show our friends. He's totally into comedy and started, made that video because he thought it was funny. Um, I mean, we both did. And just the most ridiculous things were making me laugh so hard. Like things that a two or like a three-year-old would be laughing at, you know, like they were not actually funny things. <laughs> and I would just die laughing and then it would turn straight into crying and bawling and he flashed, you know, just straight up and down hormones. It was, it was a good time. (laughs) So the reason that I ask about that is I think for people, and this includes myself, people who have never been pregnant, what do you wish people who have never been pregnant understood about pregnancy and what it does to you, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally as well? Yeah. So I've talked about this before a, a little bit in interviews and it's it's really hard to accept your body changing sometimes. Uh I mean you you can totally preface it and be like I'm fine with my body changing. I love that my body's changing. I'm housing this child like it's growing but like 
the reality of it, like feeling not quite as capable because you're like, not only are you gaining weight, but you're also like exhausted because your body is making a child. (laughs) Um, and then you, you know, you're, you want to sleep more, you're peeing all the time because you're, you have this pressure on your bladder. There's just a lot of little things that start adding up and it's difficult. And I feel like people who haven't been pregnant as much as I, I do try to push also that, you know, it's not an injury. It's not a sickness. Like a pregnant, when you're pregnant, <laughs> it's, it's being pregnant. It's still really hard. And I was fortunate. I even had like a, a very healthy and good pregnancy. And I guess what I learned and what I would want to tell people who are not pregnant is, is that, you know, I have so much more respect for women in general McKenna, you've talked about how hard it was, and you just mentioned this, that when when you become pregnant, your body starts to slow down. And as somebody who has always been very active, that is an adjustment. And you mentioned that you were given some advice by a former Olympian, Des Linden, and she said to just keep showing up. And I think that's really great advice for anything in life. I think there are so many times where we just don't feel like showing up. Um, but if we consistently show up, then we'll eventually we'll get over that hurdle or we'll get used to whatever it is that's hard. Um, but why did that advice resonate with you? And what did it come to mean to you over the course of the, your pregnancy and, and continuing to run even after you had your baby? Right. So what you you just said about getting used to what's hard there there is that element to to continue to show up but I think that also there, there's effort levels right and some things sometimes things just aren't aligning and sometimes you can put in you know a maximum amount of effort and if your body and your mind is not aligned then you know, that maximal amount of effort, the the result shows differently, right? That it doesn't seem like it was a max amount of effort. But when I think you keep showing up, sooner or later, things will align, right? And you just have to keep tweaking things a little by little. And I keep saying your body and mind, but it's also spiritually, right? And emotionally, that kind of is encompassed in the mind to me, that those things at some point will align. And then once they're aligned, you get to kind of like layer upon layer, move up and up. Right. And so I think that's kind of what showing up means because, because you're just not always going to be aligned. (laughs) Even once, once you are aligned, like you'll get out of balance again, and then you have to try and figure it out how to align. And when you keep showing up, eventually, yeah, the alignment is going to be more consistent. I think that is super, super insightful. McKenna, when you and I talked before this interview, you mentioned that you feel like you had a little bit of a wrestle with God as it relates to even pursuing running. And I'm not sure, do do you mean like as a mom pursuing running or tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So this kind of, I think goes back to my, my origins of running, right? My origin story, the, (laughs) so in the church, right, we have these patriarchal blessings and you, you don't really share what's in your patriarchal blessing. They're very sacred and, and 
personal to you. And so when I got my patriarchal blessing, I thought for sure, like it would say something about like big, like about my destiny. Like I'm going to like be able to change the world with running. And it said nothing about that. And that really confused me. Uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't quite understand why God didn't have running in the plans for me is kind of what it seemed like. And as I continued on, other people mentioned that running was in their patriarchal blessing. And I was like, what? Oh, like maybe I'm not supposed to be running. Like, Why am I spending so much time and investing so much time in this? And then also while I was investing all this time into running, I wasn't super great. Like I wasn't, you know, this like, oh, she's for sure going to the Olympics. She's for sure going on Olympic team. Like I wasn't even supposed to be like an all American in college. It was, it was very much just like, she's good, but you know, there, there's no destiny that you're supposed to be this amazing runner. And I think I, you know, I, I continued to, to pray about that with God and being like, I, I want to be an example. I, I want, I, I feel this need and I feel this like what's the word void, I guess that I I'm filling with running and I don't understand why I'm continuing to put in this, you know, all this effort and all these hours because I was, I was also, like I said, because I wasn't very talented. I was putting in a ton of hours, like a lot more mileage than most runners. And I still just wasn't super great. And I didn't understand. Sorry. I'm not going to cry. I didn't understand with, Oh God, I was like, I don't understand. Like, why am I continuing like to sacrifice all these days where, sorry, when I say sacrifice, like, you know, we'd go on vacation and I was the one like getting up at 6am to go running. And then, you know, before dinner, I would do my second run and just constantly feeling like, you know, uh, this is something I need to continue to pursue. But the results weren't showing. And so that was for, it's been, let's see, 2010 was when I entered college. And so, you know, it's been like 10 or 11 years of the, that wrestle with God, like maybe I should just be done. Like, what is the point? And I, I think I kind of bartered in that I, I was constantly being like, I want to help. I want to influence people. I know I connect with people while I'm running and like, how can this happen? And it was it was really cool because when that pregnant mile went viral, I told my mom, I was like, this is so interesting because who would have thought like God's plan is just so different than than what you you think it's gonna be? And it's like, who would have thought that, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, to be so in my mind, the faster you were, the more people listen to you, right? Because you're credible, uh, the more you can help people. And I thought, you know, the, that the only way to do that is to go to the Olympics, to be a world, you know, on a national and world level. And when that mile happened and that, that video went viral and, and people wanted to talk to me about it, I just thought like, God's plan is so different than you think it's going to be. And like, how... He he knew that that would that would happen, and that's how yeah I ended up being like being able to connect with even more people than 
you know, I ever would have in my own little circle. So anyway, sorry, that's... No, it's such a, it's such a good story. And it's funny. I feel like on a really small scale, I had like a similar experience where my dream has always been to write a book and hosting a podcast. Like I didn't even know what a podcast was when I was like first approached about doing it. And I kind of thought like, Oh, you know, I'll never get to write a book. And then I got to write a book about the podcast, which never would have happened. <laughs> right. um, and so it's just funny the way that God works. And like you said, He works in ways that we don't even, we don't even see coming and we can't even yeah. see like how He's working in the story, but He is working all along. And I think He's very aware of what our dreams are. And sometimes I think with patriarchal blessings, it's such an interesting thing because we want it to say certain things, I think, sometimes. And God knows what we want. And so I think sometimes it's like He wants what we want. Those are not the things He needs to tell us. That's just like m- me talking. But that's what I've always thought about that. Yeah. Well, He just he connects the dots differently than than you would, right? And then also what you were saying about the patriarchal blessing is I I learned that you get to take action into your own hands. Like you decide what you want to do with your life. (laughs) He is not going to tell you. And that was, yeah, a big, a big switch for me that I'm like, wait, I get to create what I want. And yeah, which is, yeah. Well, and I think a a patriarchal blessing is not a fortune telling you know, yeah. it's, yes. it's meant yeah. to like help us recognize the things that maybe we haven't considered or the things that like God needs us to know that maybe we wouldn't figure out on our own. But anyway, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. So video goes viral. Like I yeah. said before, some people loved it. Some people hated it. What yeah. did you learn from dealing with a lot of people's opinions about your life and your body? Yeah. Um, <laughs> good question. I mean, I, I'm totally a people pleaser. Uh, and so my initial reaction was a bit like, Oh my gosh, some people literally hate me. They, they're just saying incredibly rude things about me being a parent and my decision making. Um, and without knowing anything else about my story, right? Like, I'm like, I've been running for years before this. Like, it's not like I just came out of the blue and ran this mile. And also, it's a sport of knowing how to listen to your body. And like, I'm not doing something. Yeah. That not I going rogue here. Yeah, exactly. So that was, you know, blowing my mind at the time. And then my husband was like, McKenna, come on, like, let's just read through these comments and like laugh about them. And, you know, we start reading through them and it really is quite comical thinking that these people know you. Uh, and I think it says quite a bit more about, about them than it does about you. Right. Putting that into perspective. And I, yeah, I just, (laughs) I guess I, I had a lot more space for people and their needs and it actually helped us create. So I do an like emotional running program. It's like a beginner's guide. And that helped me and my husband create that because we started to see people put themselves down 
like mm-hmm. in the comments, they would be like, I can't even get up off the couch and this woman's running a five minute mile. And we're like, wait, this is, this is so sad. <laughs> Let's do an emotional guide where, you know, people can connect with running and feel good about their bodies and then not use running as a weight loss at all and use it more of an empowerment tool. And so it was cool. Yeah. We got to create that guide out of, out of people's comments. <laughs> That's awesome. Way to, way to make something good out of it. Cause I know it's really hard, uh, you know, to have, people give feedback. And, and what I've found is a lot of times it seems like you're kind of the easy target for somebody's bad day. Yeah. And, and I think that's a a really tough space to be in, but if you can take that and channel it into something positive, I think that's amazing. You mentioned just now, I want to, I want to ask you this. You mentioned that your husband also is, he runs, he was, I believe a gymnastics coach when you guys met. Is that right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was Um, a gymnastics coach at BYU. So yeah. Okay. (laughs) So he's, he's athletic and active as well. You've talked about how the key to your achieving this goal and, and being able to do everything that you're doing is communication between you and your husband. What does that look like for the two of you? And why would you say that exercise is a key part or important in your marriage? Yeah. So, so let's split this up and, and how it works. So we have, you know, he works a full-time job. I'm trying to run as my job. And so that it, it, it's, it's equal to about, you know, a part-time job. And then we have a baby and he also is, he does triathlons and Ironmans. And so his workouts take a while. And yeah, so, so we had to work how to split that up. And, and the communication part, you know, that, before I would just go run whenever I wanted and wherever I wanted because he was at work and I didn't have to work until the evenings. And, you know, so we didn't have to talk about our schedules and same with him. Like he didn't have to be like, Hey, I have to be at work at this time because his work is also a bit flexible. And now because of COVID he's been working from home a lot more. And so now you know, the day before I have to be like, Hey, what's your workout? <laughs> Give me all your details. because, like, I need to know where you're going to be, what time you're leaving. And then, and then same thing for me, because it's also important. I mean, a lot of my running is, is by myself. Um, because especially in the beginning, I was just running out the door as soon as she was down for a nap. And then that's, yeah, that's the other element, right? Your baby's nap schedule is not by the minute, like that your kid can wake up an hour later and then the whole day shifts the, that hour later. And so we, <laughs> sorry, my husband just carried her out of the room and she's smiling really big at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, we had, we have to be like, Hey, you know, what, what work are you doing? What times your work start? Where can I meet you? And then even for like my, my second day or my second run of the day, I have to, you know, we're, we're going to a friend's house for dinner. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to run six miles down the road and you're just going to pick me up. I'll change in the car and then we'll go to dinner. Like it's just constantly fit. I'm like, we can find 40 minutes or like hour and a half and like fit it in here. 
you know, and then sometimes I'm waking up at five in the morning. Just depends who who needs a more quality workout, I guess, which honestly usually ends up being me uh, because I'm more picky and I have to eat before I run. And and so anyway, the communication had to go up a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I just think it's so admirable that both of you have been able to make that time for each other and, and to help each other in that. So what a lot of people may not know, McKenna, is that after having your baby, you made it to the Olympic trials and finished in 14th place. And I believe it was like the fastest race in the, is it 10 K that there had ever been? Mm -hmm. It was, it was one of the deepest fields. And the reason that was, is because the marathon trials are usually in the same year. And the women in the marathon trials who don't make the team don't have time um, to really gain that track speed again. And I mean, they they would be able to be at the trials, but they might not be as quick as they had wanted. Uh, right. But because of 2020, the marathon trials happened and then they got a whole nother year to gain that track speed and then come down for the 10K. which. Wow. Yeah, which is a big difference. So it made the 10K a lot deeper. There was a lot of a lot of women who qualified for the time. So what was it like for you to be there as a new mom? Wow. So, you know, people it it was really great being there. I I loved the experience. Like I was in awe with the women I was running, uh warming up with. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> you are amazing. Or you know, like like people who, you know, I've looked to for advice. and uh, and and they were there, which was, you know, it was just incredible uh to be there. But I think more so what what that meant to me was rather than the accomplishment, the outcome uh, that happened, what was so cool and what I had kind of envisioned this whole time uh, was the person I had to become to, to get there. And that to me was way more of a big deal than like accomplishing that goal was, you know, who I had to push myself to become because I really like before the trials, I, I mentioned I was in Australia and, and working with this coach um, who was letting me run with his club. And he said, I was talking to him about my goals and I was like, I really just want to make the trials. Like, I know I'm not going to make the team. I just want to make the trials. And he looked at me and he's like, ah, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be really hard for you to do that. So I really wasn't at that level before I was pregnant. So it was, it was, I guess that's to put it into perspective how much work I I had to put in post after the birth, right? I had to be faster than I ever was like from the beginning pretty much and and then be able to build off of that. And, And so I guess like being very particular about that and being honest with my reality was like a big change uh, that happened, which my husband like really helped me with. Uh, that was a big thing we talked about a lot, uh, which I, so to tell yeah, you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> so, so being honest with your reality, I think we make a lot of judgments, a lot of rationalizations about what we're doing. So for example, I, you know, maybe I would be like, I've been eating really healthy. Like, and 
I had just had a pint of ice cream the night before. <laughs> like I kind of like would rationalize out of those things um, or, you know, rationalize like how, yeah, overeating, which I'm not saying, yeah, there's, there's balance in eating. You can, you can eat your sweets, but I would, I would overeat a lot. And that was kind of one of my, my realities that I wasn't facing. And I learned to listen to my body through that or, or staying out too late and not being as consistent uh, with sleeping, right? Those little things just start adding up. And I wasn't rationalizing myself out of them. I wasn't rationalizing my times. Like I was really, and, and God was a huge part of that. Uh, coming to God and being like, Hey, I have these weaknesses that I, I'm not good at like, and I, I need help. Like I need structure and I need to be able to start where I'm at and, and work from there, which I think a lot of people want to start ahead of where they are. Right. I was totally that way. Like I was like, I'm, you know, if I want to be a 15, 35 K girl, like I need to just be running those times right now. And, and if I wasn't doing that, I just felt like a failure. Um, and it, instead I was able to start training like a 1550 girl and then work my way down to 1530, which, you know, in life we, we do that same thing, right? <laughs> like you, you try to get ahead of where you're at instead of just like being okay with your flaws and then working from there. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's a really great point. And I think, you know, when, we always want to get ahead of ourselves. I think that's human nature to to ha- want to have something to look forward to. I think in a lot of ways, that was one thing that was like really hard for people in the pandemic was like, we're so conditioned to be like, oh, I can't wait for this. And instead we had to like sit in our present situation. And so I think facing that a lot of times is hard. Like where are we at right now in this moment rather than looking ahead or looking back? Yeah, yeah. I love that. So another thing that these Olympics put a ton of attention on motherhood and running as a result of Alice and Felix. And um, she had her New York Times op-ed about when an athlete has a child, they risk pay cuts and loss of endorsements. You actually became a professional runner and signed with ASICs um, as a result of all of this. I, I feel like what what message do you hope this sends to other mothers, and how important are these discussions surrounding motherhood and sports for women in sports? Right. So, so first, I'll, I'll answer that that second part. I think with the importance of these discussions, it's, it's important because there are, you know, two sides and we always need to discuss things when there there's, it's a nuanced answer, right? Uh, the, you have the, the cold cut part of the answer that a company's baseline is to make money and they're, they need to make money off of sales and you are representing that company to, Essentially, I mean, you're not making sales, but because you represent them, you are hopefully increasing their sales because it's like, hey, they wear, you know, ASICs. And that that's the cold, hard part of it. Um, and with, especially with running, these are, are contracts, really. And, and so and then there, there's, there's the other side, right? 
uh, like I said, it's nuanced. You're you're a human being, and we need to bring children into this world. That's a part of you know the community, the progression to making this world better, and and you you need to be able to do that and still make money because money you know helps you live life, and and so I think it's really important to be having those those discussions because we need both sides of that argument to come to a balance, right? To come to a um, reasonable answer. And I think in the long run, you know, in the short run, uh, these companies really might lose a little bit of money, but I think in the long run, uh, they're realizing like, no, this is a really good idea. You're going to be in, in a better position with the public. If you back these athletes, you back women because you know, women are a big deal right now. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, I think the companies are are benefiting from wanting to support women like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, sorry, the other what was the other part of your question. So, for you to be able to become a professional runner and to sign with Asics, what was that like? I mean, yeah. I think it's funny. It's kind of like. I was just reading something and somebody was talking and it's kind of along the lines of what we talked about before in, in that God has mysterious ways of getting us to something. Um, but this person was talking about how they kind of thought their moment was over and then they realized that like their experience as a mother actually gave them an opportunity later. And so just recognizing like, actually all along everything was working for you to be able to achieve this goal. Yeah. Like I said before, that I felt like God, um, like kind of, I thought that was my answer. My moment was done with like being able to connect with people after running that five minute mile. And yeah, it's just exactly what you described. Like afterwards, like all these things have been, have been building up and to signing with ASICs. Right. And maybe that's not even the end goal. And what I'm trying to say too, as well, was it was never my end goal to be like a professional runner. Because as great as it is, I I love being able to do what I love, and I'm getting paid for it now. Um, it, it's super. It's it's a great way to feel fulfilled. I I'm not gaining my worth off of that. Is is what I'm saying. I feel like my mom did a really good job. Um, and in helping me find my worth outside of running. There was actually even a time, I'm sorry, I know I'm tangenting, but I'm going to no, no, go no, you're good. <laughs> when I was in college and I was just trying everything to be fast, right? And to, I actually thought that like, oh, I just need to lose weight. That, I was, that was a huge focus on my mind that I needed to be skinnier to be faster. And I, and that wasn't happening for me. And you know, as, as much as I was trying to eat healthy, like my body just wasn't responding to that. And I felt like such a failure. And I just remember I was bawling into my mom's arms and I like was kind of like getting a little bit uncontrollable. And she went and got my dad and he, he came in to give me a blessing. He had no idea what was going on even really. And when he gave me when he gave me the blessing, sorry, this is a really special moment to me, but he gave me the blessing and I moments before I had been kind of like rocking and, and just saying like, I'm a failure. I like that, just that 
uh, yeah, those words just kept like repeating uh, and coming out of my mouth. Like I'm a failure. I'm a failure. And when he came in, I had stopped talking, but he came in and, and said, sorry, he said that he's like, God knows you're not a failure. And yeah, speaking those specific words, like knowing that like God knew who I was, you know, my mom repeatedly was very adamant about, you know, like, let's just quit running. Like you're, you should be done running. Like you, you can do anything else you wanted. Like if, if you don't love it, like you don't have to do this. And you know, I would, I would come back at her with like, no, I love this. I don't care if I'm not good. Anyway, so that was, you know, that was a, that was a really special moment for me. And, and there was, you know, multiple experiences like that along the way that I realized that, you know, I, I don't need to get my worth off of how fast I am, but I do love like who I'm becoming. Like I mentioned before, I do love who I am, like when I'm running. And so I'm going to continue to do this. So anyway, I just, I, I had to tangent that because as great as it has been to sign with ASICs and to, you know, continue this sport on a professional level and compete with these women, it's more been about the level I've wanted to be at with myself and like the level I've wanted to compete at that, that has helped me, um, yeah, bring more fulfillment into my life, like, and, and what I have to do to be at that level. That's awesome. Yeah. McKenna, I am so grateful to you for sharing your story and and personal things with us. My last question for you is what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Um All right. So, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh there've been a lot of opinions especially in this last year, right? That I think a lot of people have been shaken about because there's a lot of answers that we don't, there's a lot of nuances, right? That are happening that, and we don't have all of the, all of the answers. And, and being all in to me is uh, really focusing on what I do know and focusing on Jesus Christ, our savior. And, um, I think that when you keep that connection and you keep that personal relationship that you have with him um, and God, that when things don't make sense, you can still be all in with, with those two. You can still have understanding with your, your relationship. And I think when answers do come, because I know that, that they will, that some people are, are struggling with a lot of answers, that being all in is, is keeping that connection with, with your Savior. That's it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. McKenna, you are a delight. Thank you so much for, for being with me. Morgan, thanks for asking those questions. It was really, really fun talking to you. 
We are so grateful to McKenna Myler for joining us on today's episode. If you're interested in purchasing the running and emotional fitness guide McKenna has created, you can find her on Instagram. Her account is Ben's McKenz, B-E-N-Z-M-A-K-E-N-Z. We'll also link her profile in our show notes to make your life easier. Thanks to Derek Campbell of Mix It Six Studios for his help with this episode. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be with you again next week.